rock and roll? I am ready. All right. So apparently we are doing an episode of Hacker Public Radio, uh, which is, I believe, run by Klaatu and a bunch of other people. And uh, we've been tasked with discussing Ohio Linux Fest and uh, a little bit focusing a little bit more on the sort of geek aspects of what uh, what Ohio Linux Fest is about. And uh, yeah. uh, so, um, just I think the good format to be start would be to start with would be to introduce who we are and uh, why we're here, and then talk a little bit about uh, about the schedule for Ohio Linux Fest and what's on the on the plate and then talk about how that uh, can apply to technical people that have a sort of geeky interest so any uh, any objections to that no that sounds good all right cool well uh i'll start it off by saying my name's greg bainline i am a uh a person who's been using linux since uh, the initial release of linux back in 19 19- 94, um, and I've been uh, played with SLS, Slackware, pretty much every distribution up the chain uh, until it became impossible to play with all of them. Um, I run a company in Cleveland, Ohio called N2Net, which is based on uh, Linux technology and uses uh, a lot of Linux technology to conduct what we do. Um, and uh, I've been uh, involved with Ohio Linux Fest for about... Uh, Ever since its beginning, actually, which is, I think, what, we're in seven years now, Paul? We are on, uh, I believe this will be year seven, yeah. Seven years. And so, um, so that's uh, that's a little bit about me. I go by the, the hacker name of Damon, which uh, comes from my old BBS days, way back in the... Uh, Way back in the old school days of freaking and BBSs, if uh, you guys actually remember modems. Something called a modem, yes. Yes, modems. Modulator, demodulator. That's right. So, so when, uh, go ahead. When 1200 baud was considered high speed. <laughs> yeah, because there were slower modems, 110 baud all the way up to, God forbid, 300 baud. Yeah, and, uh, yes. and, and I, I'm proud to say that my first modem was actually an acoustic coupler, like in the the movie okay. War Games. So. so I'm not quite that uh, far back. Um, I'm Paul Ferris, and, and I will be making an announcement sometime, possibly at Ohio Linux Fest, but probably shortly thereafter, as to where my my new engagement is. And in my my background is mostly systems and architecture and infrastructure and deploying Linux in enterprise class uh, environments uh, tend to be an automation freak in nature and um, and focus upon process people and technology and the best way to make those things work together in the culture of your company. So my, my background with Linux, I started playing with it at the very end of 1993, early 94. Um, I started supporting it on Internet Relay Chat for a really long time, probably 95, 92, uh, somewhere around 99. Um, and began writing uh, basically uh, journalistic type exposés, articles, and so on, and got to manage my favorite website of the time, linuxtoday.com. Since then, uh, uh, that's when I really got into the enterprise stuff and and lately uh, have been doing a lot with IBM uh, product suite running on top of Linux WebSphere and Portal and Commerce and and MQ and things like that. but my my passion has always been free software and Linux, and just in general the way that they're transforming our our business landscape and and the the types of solutions that you can now have for free you couldn't buy you know four or five years ago ten years ago 
was impossible to even you know get quality this this high. So to me, it's it's a great time to be in IT and a great time to be a geek. Um, just so many things can go on that you you couldn't easily do before. I think what's particularly interesting is that there are so many opportunities, as you pointed out. There are so many different tracks of interest. You've got people that are that are getting highly into kernel development drivers or driver development. You've got people that are getting into uh, application development, and uh, there's 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 something for everyone. Yeah, but there, you know, you, you know, I my my father and some of his friends, he's a minister now, use Linux for the desktop. It's it's not unheard of. It used to be something people snickered at, but it's it's actually happening now with these netbooks. People are actually using Linux a lot more for their desktop solution. There's embedded work, as you point out. Um, Linux is in all kinds of things that you'd never guess. TiVos and and uh, and I have a TomTom here. And my, I'm sitting in my car while we do this talk, and and it's a, it's a GPS that comes with an embedded copy of Linux and on and on and on, and, and it's, it's, it's solving all kinds of problems about people really knowing that it's there. And, and I believe uh, it was an article by Nick Petrali a long time ago who said that, that as Linux took over markets and stuff, people wouldn't even know because it would be like electricity or something, you know, that where you don't think about, you know, what's under the hood kind of thing. It's hidden. But, uh, right. I don't, even, I don't even think about the fact that my Sony TV runs Linux. <laughs> it just <laughs> works. Yeah, and just so works. one of the nice things segueing into the Ohio Linux Fest thing is all these different types of geek culture type people, the people that are into Linux for the different reasons, are going to be showing up and converging on Columbus, Ohio. And I, what I really love about the event typically is just the diversity of, of people, the, the types of people you get to meet. And everybody's typically pretty social. And if you say, hey, what are you doing? They'll tell you, you know, I'm into whatever it is, you know, whether it's systems management or, or you know, kernel development or whatever, Apache, you know, I, you, you typically are, are it's, a, it's very interesting and, and there's oftentimes, uh, if there's a talk going on about something you care about or a birds of a feather session or whatever, you're, you're, if you're into Linux and you're a geek, there's something for you at this event, which is always amazing to me. It's, it's gone from something so small, you know, just getting all the user groups together initially you know, to something that's basically probably one of the best events in America if you want to go to a community event. Well, I would, I would definitely agree. I, I, I think one, one question that I have and one thing I think we should probably discuss is what actually, what is a geek? What, what constitutes a geek? Because in, in a historical sense, especially from the old school perspective, geeks were considered um, like such as people in the Revenge of the Nerds. Um, yeah. So, so, so what, what, what does a current geek, what, what, what's the meaning of the current word geek? What well, do you think? I, I think, I think years ago it was, it was a term of scorn, you know, that like, like in Revenge of the Nerds is perfect. It, it is the quintessential, let's paint these people as social misfits. And today when somebody calls you a geek, they mean it as, you know, as something, uh, almost a badge of honor, you know, I mean, I think that the misperception is that everyone who's a geek has got really bad social skills or, or you know, whatever. I, I think that that, uh, that was the original thing they painted you bad on. Now I think people do understand that, yeah, there, are, there are, is, is a really common trait where people love computers or technology more than they like interfacing with people, but that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing if you've made a really cool living or you're making the world a better place with, with software, which is 
I think how it's perceived now. You're one of these computer artist type people, and you're doing something that that the average Joe and the populist can't do, which is you know actually make uh, make these things sing and do the things that that everyone wishes they could do with them. Um, yeah, I think that's I, well, that's an important point. I think that, you know, at least when I think of the term geek, I think of of somebody that 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 I have a lot of respect for, somebody who who has taken the time to learn the technology and can can bend the technology and make technology do what it is that they're looking to do. I mean, I don't I don't at all look at, look at it as a negative connotation anymore as it used to used to have. In fact, I'm I'm kind of proud uh, proud to say that I am a geek uh, in a lot of yeah. different areas. Get my in the episode of Dilbert, where his, his mom is he, basically he's he it's a flashback scene, and he's talking. The the, the the his mom has taken him to the doctor, and and the doctor is gonna is, is about to reveal to his mother that that he's gonna be an engineer. You know, it's, and, and it starts out with you know <laughs> with this description of somebody who's who's uh, capable of, you know, doing all these things with technology, but unfortunately is, you know, unable to converse with human beings normally or whatever. And his mom's like, will he be able to lead a normal life? And he's like, no, he'll be an engineer. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that that, that is, uh, it's, it's funny now, but it's, it's, it, it used to be painful. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that, I mean, I I, when I I see that all the time with customers. Um, customers, yeah. customers, you know, they they, you know, they they look to they look to me to solve a lot of problems for them, and and you know that yeah. that sort of badge of geek is what uh, what I mean. Look at look at Geek Squad. Geek Squad has made a a, a business out of actually uh, you know taking that term yeah. to the next level. It's not. It's not some other thing. They could have said IT professional or something crazy like that. It's, right. They they expect the guy to look kind of nerdy and be driving around in a in a Volkswagen Beetle that's been painted black and white like a police car. I mean, seriously, it it is. Uh, it's definitely gone to another level of almost, uh, you know, like a basketball team kind of thing. Maybe not quite as much on the groupy front, but definitely on the respect front. You you got that word for sure right. I think. Yeah. I think uh, I, I don't. I, I can't think of anyone calling me a geek in, in recent time and, and not feeling, you know, that they were trying to pay me a high compliment. But the interesting thing is, they almost inevitably follow it up with, "I, I don't mean this in a bad way." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like we're not past that yet. It's still got something to say like that. Uh, and and I, I remember OI Linux Fest about four years back when when it was in the convention center and there was that there was a, a uh, modeling convention going on at the same time do you remember this they yeah, had the juxtaposition of really really cute models versus the crowd at Ohio Linux Fest was just an interesting it was a very was interesting an amazing dynamic contrast. yeah i mean it, you take two totally diametrically opposed people on the planet here you've got a whole bunch of guys that are that are wearing t-shirts and the the essence of what they're saying is I am not how I look. I'm everything about what I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And on the <laughs> and, other side, you've got the models. People that are like, they're all veneer, you know. And and I think it was Mike Messi, who's the founder of the event, roughly. I mean, he's staying there, and he says, I was in line for some food, and this mother's daughter, you know, there's a mother and daughter model combination. He was looking at, at one of the guys, you know, from Ohio Linux, and their mom, like, grabbed her and pulled her out of the way, like, don't look over there. 
<laughs> You'll get Don't infected. Don't be like that. <laughs> You'll get infected. It was it was perfect, but it was it was exactly what we're talking about in terms of being a geek. And I thought it was yeah. funny as all get out. Well, one of the one of the things I think that's particularly interesting is that last night uh, Beth Beth made an announcement on the Linux Link Tech Show, uh, which is uh, another podcast out there that uh, that uh, a pair of uh, a pair of the, the the people showing up for one of the early Penguin tracks, which is the Podcasters and Listeners Unite uh, uh, such, uh, panel that's happening on Friday. There is a group. There is a, two people that are going to be getting married. At Linux Fest. Yeah, I heard. Which that's geeky. I yep. mean, that's really that's pushing the envelope for me. I'm, I'm well, congratulating. Why Hawaii for something like that? <laughs> you know but the fact that you know what I mean. The fact that they've chosen Ohio Linux Fest does volumes. It it does it does. I, they at least it, from their perspective, they said that Ohio Linux Fest is one of the best events of the year for them, and that they figured that they might as well uh, memorialize it. So that's uh, I that's typically it. get something myself called the Post Ohio Linux Fest Blues, which is essentially me coming down at the event and thinking, God, I got to wait another year. Yeah, I, I typically call that like an extended hangover. But oh, it's terrible. Well, that, because it is typically, but that's the reason I've had to I've had to cut back on that, Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're supposed this year it'll to be, be Diet Coke for me, buddy. <laughs> we're supposed to be the older and more responsible group, and the youngsters are supposed to be carrying on the banner of that. But uh, oh my God! Now Linux uh, yeah, Linux has always had a Colonel party. Beer message, so, so yeah, that's it's part the, of the after culture. party, and that's, that's that's definitely worth mentioning too. I don't think I've ever seen Geeks Rap source code before or since, uh, you know, going to the after-party Ohio Linux Fest. Yeah. Um, and, and who's running it this year? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, unfortunately, um, the the guys from Nauticon, uh, Froggy and Tiger, couldn't, couldn't make it out because they've got a prior commitment. So uh, they've been running it for the past couple of years now. Now, Nauticon's another conference that it's based in Cleveland, Ohio, and is uh, is definitely uh, you know is, is one of those things that I would call a fringe geeky event uh, that gets into some some definitely some definitely interesting perspectives. But uh, I believe that we've got a DJ scheduled, and we're going to be working with uh, Google uh, on the uh, the after party. Um, and uh, there'll be some, uh, you know, your typical typical after party fare. A uh, little bit of food, a little bit of drinks, a uh, little bit of dancing, and some music, uh, and plenty of what uh, what I've heard John Todd refer to from Digium as the uh, as the hallway track, which of course is, uh, in my opinion, some some of the most interesting discussions that happen at, at conferences are those that happen mm-hmm. outside of the outside of the confines of the conference rooms and outside of the presentations. And, you know, he just happened Boy. to be. Oh, geez. Hey, aren't you? Uh, aren't you the guy that wrote <laughs> that wrote Linux pipes <laughs> or Unix pipes? Yes, I'm Doug McElroy. So he'll be there this year, which is amazing. There, there isn't an OS I can think of except for VMS uh, Digital that I learned a long time ago uh, that does not encompass the theory of you know pipe on the yeah. command line. Yeah. Um, and the fact that we're going to have the guy that invented it is extremely exciting to me. Absolutely, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, 
One of the things I wanted to, to kind of correct, uh, not correct, but uh, to just set the record straight, Klaatu had uh, had done a, a podcast earlier this week, and he had mentioned uh, that uh, he, he wanted to get people coming on Friday because he said that the Friday uh, Friday stuff was going to be free uh, and that he wasn't sure about the Saturday stuff. But I just wanted to set the record straight that Ohio Linux Fest has always had a mission of being accessible to the widest group of people. So we don't have any age restrictions at all. Um, it's, it's, it would be a comfortable environment to bring kids or uh, students. Uh, but uh, it, it so also Saturday's has... free and Friday that's that you pay for. That's the thing. There are, cert there are certain classes. Well, that's the interesting thing. Actually, uh, in looking at the schedule this year, it looks like it's actually expanded out to be uh, three days. We've finally broken that barrier. And there is a full set of activities actually happening on Friday. There is the, okay. the Ohio Linux Fest University, University Tutorials track, which is being put on by LOPSA. There is a Linux Basics class, uh, which is running concurrently with that, which is being um, handled by, uh, I think, Freegeek Columbus, which is essentially an introduction to Linux, and you build your own computer, and when you walk out of there, you have a PC to walk out. Uh, those are all um, classes that you have to sign up for in advance uh, at the website www.ohiolinux.org and choose the, um, the highest level package. I can't remember the name off my head. Um, then there is also concurrently a hackathon running uh, from 9 to 11, which is basically um, uh, various open source projects getting together to bug squash and do code development. Uh, and of course, they need to projects need to register for that. And then uh, the early Penguins track is going from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. And there's some interesting stuff going on there, uh, as well as Xenos, which is a network monitoring system, is sponsoring what they call a Xenos Community Day, which is no-cost training day for system administrators who are interested in learning about Xenos, uh, which actually, by the way, is essentially their their introduction to Xenos class, which I think they charge about three grand for at other locations. So they're pretty much giving that oh. f away for free. Um, wow. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's if you are a system administrator and you need to manage a network, that is a that's a value. I've actually made it made it a point to get that information out to a lot of people because that's a one, it's a heck of a product, uh, and two, it's a, it's a great value to be able to show up and do that for free. Um, there's an Oracle install fest starting at 5 p.m. If you are really interested in databases and want to see what Oracle on Linux looks for, uh, essentially it says bring your hardware and we'll help you get it set up in this hands-on session. It's kind of like the uh, the old uh, old school Linux uh, users group uh, install fest. And then of course the uh, you know at 8 o'clock over at Barley's Brewing Company we've got the uh, the kickoff party uh, which is being uh, sponsored by Xenos this year again. Uh, Xenos really came came through in a big way this year. I'm I'm, I'm surprised and I'm uh, I'm delighted that they did. But uh, they'll be uh, providing free beer and and free food uh, to those that are registered under the supporter and higher um, uh, packages. So uh, otherwise, just come out and hang out. You get uh, everybody uh, that's, uh, that starts showing up on Friday or has been there for the classes. Uh, uh, Barley's Basement is uh, one of those little dungeons that's perfect for uh, this kind of thing, and they've got great, great, great ales as well, traditional style ales. So that's 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 Friday. I mean, there's a lot going on on Friday that uh, you wouldn't, you know, we've we've not had a a class, that, uh, we've not had, uh, we've we've traditionally made it a one-day conference, and now it's kind of expanded out to three days this year. 
Um, Amazing. And, uh, yeah, all that is actually being held at the Hyatt Regency, actually. Um, so Friday's activities are all happening at the Hyatt Regency with the pre-party or kickoff party happening over at Barley's. But then on Saturday, Saturday is when the, 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 the big conference, uh, the big conference day begins. And um, so we've got uh, Sean Powers. Uh, if he if he's well, he just I just saw some stuff on Facebook that he went into the the hospital because he was having what he felt like indigestion and pains. But uh, last I knew, the doctor had cleared him to travel and said he just to go home and he didn't have any heart attack or anything like that. So Sean Powers is supposed to be keynoting in the morning um, from 8:40 to 9:35. And then we break into four different tracks to talk about various, all sorts of various things. I mean, there's all sorts of great stuff on the schedule. There's um, uh, getting started in free and open source is a is a talk about about just what it says. Uh, there's a, a decade of IBM at Linux or Linux at IBM, uh, which is on the uh, open source solution stage. We've got uh, the Mackenzie Morgan is actually talking about. He's got a talk entitled "Sysadmins Rosetta Stone." Uh, we've got Peter Salas, who's another uh, a definite old schooler, is going to be talking about the importance of 1969. Since the conference, the conference, uh, the theme for the conference is 40 years of Unix, obviously. So um, there's going to be a lot of focus on on talking about how the the development of Unix and how it applies to Linux. Um, and then a whole, a whole, just a whole. I mean, there's, there's, there's more that you could do on Saturday than you could actually physically attend. I mean, there's more. There's not. I don't see any, any of the talks that I see listed here. I don't see anything that's, that I would say. I definitely, I have no interest in that. I see the, in, in fact, I see the opposite problem. There's so much going. There's so many good talks that I, I see a lot of talks that, I, I there's no way that I could see them all. And, and uh, I'm typically on sensory overload. I mean, I'll, I'll be straight. I. I do the human equivalent or the the real world equivalent to channel surfing sometimes <laughs> i'll go I'll go and run room, take as much as I can take in for a minute, go into another because i I literally there's two talks that I want to see going on at the same time and and uh so it's, it's difficult I've got to pick one and then settle down on it, you know, and yeah. eventually I do, but it's rough, yeah, so a lot we, going on yeah Absolutely. we've got um Patrick, what's Sunday all about? Well, Sunday. Um, well, let, let's wrap up Saturday first. So obviously, uh, okay. during the day, we've got we've got a whole a whole. Uh, again, the best thing to do is to go to www.ohiolinux.org and check out the actual schedule link and see what's on there. But um, we're we're kind of closing down with uh, with our keynote uh, for that for that day, uh, which is being done by Douglas McElroy, or I think it's McElroy. McElroy, I think how you say it. Um, and his his keynote's starting at 7 p.m. and uh, uh, that's that's that I I am really excited to see. Uh, he's talking mm -hmm. from 7 to 8:30, and then after that uh, the the after party kicks off at Hyatt. Uh, and of course the after party uh, the after party is always a lot of fun. That's when everybody's uh, pretty much con consumed as much possible information as they can for the day. And now it's a question of of sharing it and talking to people about uh, finding out what you missed and all that. So. Um, so that's what Saturday looks like. Uh, essentially, uh, most people—I mean, if you're like me—you're you're on caf you're on a caffeine-induced uh, high the whole day, and by the time by the time Saturday night rolls around, there's no possibility of sleep happening. So Sunday, um, 
Sunday is uh, is a workshop um, that's being handled called uh, Diversity in Open Source, and that's from 11 to 6 p.m. at the Hyatt Regency again. Um, and essentially, that was uh, spearheaded by um, uh, by Beth Lynn uh, Iker, who is uh, our con chair this year, and who uh, once again has basically done everything she possibly can to make the conference go on, and it wouldn't have gone on without her. Um, but uh, it, it, there's a, there's going to be a lot of discussion about attracting um, attracting people into open source that are coming from different. Uh, different backgrounds and how to basically uh, not not really you don't have to like the people you're working with but how to get along with them so it, it kind of says how to attract it's kind of about how to attract diverse people to open source projects and how to not degrade other people or let others do it and how to recognize uh, biases so that you could better lead That's others good. in your project um, now, is, this, is this gender based stuff or is this technology based stuff like say Somebody's really into Microsoft products. Or, you know, you know the, the the at the top it says age, gender, sexuality, career, religion, size, race, disability, ethnicity. So I, I, I again, I, as far as I know, this is one of the first ones. I think there was a small version of this that they they did at scale this year that Beth was uh, was really um, uh, was really uh, motivated by, and so she worked with uh, Moose and uh, and several other people to to get this taken care of. And so, okay. uh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's what's happening uh, happening on Sunday, um, and of course, there's always plenty of people hanging around the hotel uh, yep. after uh, after people check out and uh, all sorts of things going on. So, it's it's for this year, it's a very full schedule. I don't want to I don't want to uh, I don't want to downplay that because there's a lot going on. So. I uh, yeah I'm pumped. It's just coming up like a freight train, and and I wish I could have been more involved in the planning this year. I, I have had some pretty stiff career things going on for me, and things where I've really got to rethink why I'm here on this planet. And so the timing is very interesting to me. I'm going to be stopping something huge that I've been doing and starting something else that's going to be potentially bigger and. It's a great time to pause and really look around. And, yep. And, and I can't think of a better bunch of people that would want to be hanging around doing that with. Yep. I mean, so. it's a fantastic opportunity to network with people too. I mean, on that front. Absolutely. Uh, you've Absolutely. got, uh, uh, you know, that's 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 I think something that's really important. Um, a couple of things that I, I do want to highlight again. You, we really appreciate if you register in advance for the conference. But if you can't get registered by Friday, September 18th, don't worry. Come on down, and and you yeah. can still get in. You can register at the door. Um, and uh, if you can't buy, you can't buy the packages. You can only buy some of the packages online. But that's not going to stop you from being able to donate a check or, you know, or put something in the kitty. And, and again, once again this year, we are actually a 501c3 organization. So anything that you donate is tax deductible. Yay, yay, yay. So yes, uh, that's a good thing. And again, it's free. So even if, you, if this is your first opportunity, you've never heard of it, you're thinking about it, just come on down. Uh, come on down and see what it's like. It doesn't cost anything to get in the door. Uh, obviously, we appreciate it if you want to kick in something to help cover the bills. And, you know, that's I think that's also important to, for people to understand is that uh, you usually get this these two different 
types of people, the people that are, well, you know, we can't have any commercial aspects and you've got the other side that that says, well, you know, we've got to have all commercial stuff. And I think we've managed to strike a good balance where we have sponsors and we give our sponsors the opportunity to get their message out to a wide group of people, uh, system administrators, students, uh, IT administrators, uh, technology. There's a lot of hiring people that show up at Linux Fest if you're looking for opportunities for employment. But we give them we give them the forum to actually be able to do that through the open source solution stage. And uh, quite frankly, you'll see groups of people. You'll see a lot of different. And talking about the suits versus geeks argument, you'll see a lot of the suits over at the actual open source solution stage because that's where you're seeing open source companies actually talking about commercial products that they're deploying. And then you'll see a lot of the um, the sort of the, the geeky t-shirt crowd over in the conferences, you know, looking at things in depth like the Linux boot process or using Python. So uh, it's, yeah. it's, it, we've, I think, we've, yeah, I think we've managed to strike. There's something for everyone, I think, is the key to take away from that. I mean, there's technical I'm talks. I'm typically the only one at the event with the suit on, I have to say that. But you're, the suits <laughs> you're referring to are, are yes. the kinds of people that, that are just, uh, they're, they're very, they're at IBM or HP or Sun. I, I've uh -huh. seen some pretty large vendors show up at this event and, and, the interesting thing to me is they're typically having every bit as much fun as the people that are, you know, very community oriented. Right, right. I mean, it, and yeah. it's funny. Like you go to the IBM booth or the Novell booth, or you go to the Oracle booth, and you talk to these guys, and they've got their whole business mentality. And I remember the, we've had to train some of our sponsors to say, "Look, you need to understand who you're talking to." I mean, we've done that over yeah. the years too. But I, I think that they've gotten it finally after you know several years. Some of the and they're starting to send the right people now, and they're starting to get the right messages out to the group. It's 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 actually really cool to see. Um, and we're back yeah. again uh, from a space perspective. Last year we actually had it split across two floors down on one end of the convention center. Well, we're back to where we were in 2007 and 2006, which is in front of the ballrooms, which I, is, is nice because that essentially means that, you know, in between all these conferences, you get to come out onto the exhibit floor and talk to the sponsors and the exhibitors. And the exhibitors are a mixture of commercial companies that provide open source solutions, but there's also software projects such as Fedora and uh, other, you know, webcasters and podcasters that actually have booths there. And uh, we have a lot of people that will actually be broadcasting from the show floor again this year. Um, and so uh, it, it's just it's just a pretty it, – it's hard to – you know, you can't, you can't really encapsulate the experience in a, in a radio show. No matter what you do, there's no possible way to do that. You just have to be there. Yep. yep. Big party. It's a great time. Yeah, definitely so. come on down. Hope to see you there. Yeah. So, do we All have right. anything? Do we have anything else to talk about? I Auk think that's versus said. No, definitely. Awk is always better than said because I can do anything you do in said with Awk, and plus I can add logic. <laughs> what was your what? Right. Here's a trivia question. What was the first PC uh, processor in memory that you installed uh, Linux on? It was a 486DX33 with Eight megabytes of RAM. Ah, so you actually had a math coprocessor. You uh, lucky dog. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I I uh, I tried installing something like Sco, if I remember right. A friend of mine gave me a bootleg copy of Sco on a 286, and that was 
pain. I never got it to work, work the way it should. Because Go was very picky about hardware, whereas Linux was only slightly picky about hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there my... There still a few things. My first installation was off of five, five and a quarter um, floppies uh, onto a 386 SX16. Actually, it was SLS. That's 386, right. S, 386 SX16. So I didn't even have a math coprocessor, and the processor was running at 16 megahertz, and I had a whopping four megs of RAM. I was so excited at that time. Yep. And and yep. uh, it, it let's put it this way: at that point, once I got SLS up and running, eventually I was able to get X installed on the thing. Um, but it took almost a week to get X compiled. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, I mean, that's uh, talking. and now uh, now now you can compile X in probably about 20 minutes on a modern PC. But uh, still, freaking amazing amount of code. I I just I love uh, Ubuntu for everything like that. It's just to me. The, the ease that they have made it, uh, you know, and the polish on it. I, I, yeah. My my parents run Ubuntu, and and uh, I, and and I and, and it's funny they they've done the last two upgrades themselves. So like they're they're running you know Intrepid Ibex, and it looks it's just an incredible amount of, of just smooth. You know, I'm just amazed at how nice it looks. And, um, you know what I heard. I heard a, a, a comment, or not actually heard, because technically it was an email, but um, there was a discussion on uh, one of the news, news mailing lists, the Northeastern Ohio uh, Open Source Society's mailing list, about whether or not you were a producer of software or a consumer of software. And I think one of the interesting topics that came out of that discussion is that originally when we started all this stuff back in the day, we, were, we all had to, to, to kind of produce software. We had to actually... Um, you know, cross-compile stuff and port stuff over and, uh, you know, figure out ways around to get stuff to compile from other other systems. Um, but as you yep. pointed out with Ubuntu, we've moved from, you know, the sort of producer mentality now to the user mentality. And now we're consumers of the software. And I, I would agree with you, Ubuntu, I, I'm not sure I'd put anything else on a laptop or a PC if I was running Linux easy. desktops. Yeah. I mean, I, I well, just I, as, a, as an example, my seven-year-old installed Ubuntu, and Ubuntu yeah, desktop. She installed it. she installed Ubuntu desktop. I actually one of these days I have to get her to do it again, and I have to film it because I told uh, Jonah Bacon that I would send him the, the video. I said I said this this should be on YouTube. You should see exactly it, it, Ubuntu desktop. So easy a seven-year-old can install it. I mean, try to get them to install Windows. It's not going to happen. My my dad bought a cheap piece of. It was a re refurb, like a hundred twenty-five dollar desktop, IBM, okay, Lenovo, whatever. It's probably about a year ago, and uh, he bought a brand new laser printer that's that's uh, wireless and yada yada yada. And we, I, you know, said, can you get this stuff working? So I came over and installed. I, I it came with XP already, and my mom has like one program, Windows based that. He wants to run, so I said, you know, I'll I'll split the hard drive. I'll stick it on one half. So, you know, split the hard drive and configured Ubuntu and added the printer and everything worked. And this was probably a half hour's worth of work. And so then rebooted it and went to configure the printer to work under Windows XP. 
and it was literally two and a half hours later before the thing was finally up and working. And I had to go to websites and download drivers and all kinds of crazy stuff, and it was nowhere near the seamless experience. And it says volumes. This is like an HP printer with an IBM desktop. That that it took that much more effort to thing work. What it's saying to you is that the game is pretty much over on the ease of use front. I don't care what anybody says; they're not paying attention. That there's just a, it's a certain amount of time. We're going to see uh, there there's going to come a point where people are like, "Why are you killing yourself with all of this complexity?" Because I don't think seven is going to be easier, and I I don't think that that uh, that it, the game is all about you know cramming it down people's throats. I think there's going to come a point where there's going to be a real serious healthy debate about why do we why do we see this this other product that costs so much and is so much harder to set up and use. Well, I, I have mean, a, I have hands a, down easier. I have a very similar experience. My brother uh, my brother uh, uh, does uh, a lot of uh, work. Uh, for his business, and so a lot of the stuff that he does is online. And you know, he he was familiar and trained on Windows, but after like seven or eight times of installing, you know, reinstalling Windows XP on one of his older PCs, they finally said, "Look, I, I'm 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 done. I'm not doing this anymore." So I threw. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and this is the funny thing. I mean, he had been given a printer by somebody that uh, you couldn't actually get the drivers for XP that would work because the only the only wow. drivers they had available, I think, were uh, Windows 3.1 and uh, or Windows 95 and 98 drivers, and you couldn't actually install yeah. them on XP. Anyways, long story short, I I did I slapped Ubuntu on that, and uh, you know gave him Firefox, which is essentially 98% of what he needed, and uh, Thunderbird and Firefox gave him his email and his web browsing. It's all he needed to run his business. So. And uh, not, only that, not only that, the printer, the printer, you plugged it in, it just found it. It just worked. Cups, uh, cups is gone. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, the drivers don't even exist for Windows XP, and yet the thing just, it's just like, yeah, okay. And so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I really, you know, again, I, I, I think that the, it's just come, and and not only that, with with products like VirtualBox and Zen out there, and uh, you know, the ability to run Windows. Uh, in a virtual session, if you need access to Windows software, um, it's it just the whole argument. I mean, you really want the most stable core operating system for whatever platform you're on. You don't want to mess with yep. virus protection and all that stuff. But if you need to access applications, I mean, VMware servers essentially free, um, and uh, VirtualBox is free, and uh, Zen is free, and uh, you can, you know, you can get all that stuff to run. And I mean, hey, Microsoft's even contributed Hyper-V extensions to the Linux kernel now. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people were contentious about that, but I mean, I think Linus, Linus said it best. He said, they're doing exactly what uh, what open source is about. They're contributing code to a product to make it work better. And uh, so Amazing. why should we deny them? Yeah, I mean, it's right. Microsoft, and a lot of people like to hate on Microsoft, but, you know, we've set the... We've they, set they're, the they're there are signs that th that they are starting to understand that this this is a development model that they want to tap into, and you can bet you that 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 it'll be a matter of time, and you'll see a lot more. I mean, we're there's already a few things coming out of them that that are under their shared license and all that, but but it's it's just semantics in my eyes. I, I mean, I, I know that the the license is more restrictive in some ways, but. But the fact that they are wanting to share their code with other people and, and get that collaborative spirit tells you that 
that it's just the walls are falling. It's just a matter of how far. You know? Well, that's that's exactly. I mean, you know, that's exactly one of the things I tell clients. I say, look, open source has one of the benefits with Microsoft or with Cisco or with any of the closed product development models. You're going to be looking at weeks, months, maybe years for fixes to products. Whereas with Linux, I mean, somebody's going to take a look at that, and I've seen fixes come across in open source projects such as Linux and Asterisk in, in hours and minutes in cases. Yep. Uh, I've, I've seen stuff fixed in real time. Um, I, I've seen, I've, I've actually been at Astrocon. Uh, I actually saw a bug came out in one of the releases of Asterisk, and I was actually there when the announcement was made. It came across somebody's pager or somebody's cell phone, and and uh, immediately I saw a couple of the core developers get together and uh, had a patch out to uh, to IRC, International Relay Chat. They had a patch out to the channel in uh, approximately oh, 15 minutes or so. And this was a big deal. I mean, this is this is this is the kind of you know this is the kind of development and open sort of transparency that that really it makes the whole model uh, just so attractive for anybody that's you know you want to know what's in your software, you want to know what's running, and you want to know that if if a company sure. goes out of business, uh, you can you can pick up and run with it. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, it's about 11:30, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've run out of beer. So uh, yep, I've got to get to bed. So, so I think uh, right. it's about time to sign off. Uh, once again, this Not is Greg, Greg Bainline. Um, I'm Paul one of the Ferris. trustees of the Ohio Linux Fest, and Paul Ferris. And uh, we're saying good night. Good night. Good night. Hope to see you there. Bye. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.